0: Just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only,
1: Supernatural Girls.
2: Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, numerologist, PK. Hi, PK. How are you tonight? Absolutely fabulous.
3: I am just chomping at the bit to get a chance to talk with Larry. This is just so exciting.
2: This is an exciting show that we have planned tonight. Larry Holcomb has generously offered to come on our show with his incredible book. My god, we were both just talking about it. We couldn't put it down. The Presidents and UFOs. Oh my gosh. Look everybody in the audience, you got to run out and you got to get this book. It is terrific. It's filled with excellent information. We're going to be talking about all of this stuff tonight. We'll be taking calls from the audience and taking questions from people in the chat room. Hey, if you want to call in, here's the number. It's 888- 919-2355. And again, that's 888-919-2355. Now, when you call in to ask a question, do remember to turn your sound all the way off so we don't get any feedback and we can hear you loud and clear. But this is going to be one exciting show, right, PK?
3: Oh, not a doubt in my mind. I'm so excited about it all. I couldn't put the book down, could not put it down.
2: Yes, it's excellent. He's done an incredible job. So, But let's talk a little bit about paranormal news. Now, I went looking for some UFO stories, and believe me, UFOs in the news today are not hard to find. There's a lot of sightings going on. Did you see all of those sightings that I sent you today? Yes, I did. Oh, my gosh. Well, this one really caught my eye. It was a massive alien spacecraft around the size of the U.S. state of Idaho. And it was spotted near the sun by ufologists in recent NASA pictures. They say the object definitely has a structure. So this is not just a light in the sky up there. It's a structure. And they're saying that every time they ask NASA about these UFOs, they're seeing... They get ignored. I wonder why. We're going to find out when we talk to Larry Holcomb, our guest, aren't we? That's
1: for sure. They
3: don't like us to know anything. And isn't it wonderful that we've got people like Larry that's bringing it all out in the open
2: for the rest oh, of us to understand? That's right. Thank God Whew. for people like Larry. We, we do need to know. We should know all about this. It shouldn't be kept from us. Now, there was another photograph I sent you, and i got to put this up on our website because it made me laugh out loud. The newscasters in South America. Did you see that one? I
3: got a chance to look at it But I didn't get a chance to
2: thoroughly go over it Well, it's funny Because they're facing each other And they're talking about the news And right in the background Is this huge UFO Mm. A ship Right behind them It was hilarious Made me laugh out loud So I'm going to have to post that one For everybody to see That was just too good Too good But next week, well, actually, let me start with tomorrow night, because we have a two-part show we are participating in with another host from Inception Radio Network, and that is Renee Barnett, who is the host of Night Vision Radio. It's a great show. It's on every Thursday night. Now, tomorrow night, she's going to kick off the first part in our series, ...on the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. Mm -hmm. Now, you may wonder why two paranormal shows are doing a a story on this. And it's because this story, besides that it ripped our hearts out, we got to tell you, it's an incredibly difficult story to report on because of the tragic circumstances. However, it is filled with paranormal events. And so... Renee is going to come on her show tomorrow night. She's got her guests lined up that were involved in the initial investigation. And Renee herself is one of the very few people who knows all of the intimate details about the paranormal events with it involving the Oklahoma Girl Scout murder. So don't miss it. That's going to be part one tomorrow night on Inception Radio Network. Now, next week, PK and I will be back with part two, and we will have Renee Barnett on the show with us, Michael Bastine, a Native American medicine man, and also psychic medium, George Lugo. So we're going to take this in a little bit of a different direction. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out what's underneath all of these events. These are two shows. You you Just make sure you listen. They're going to be incredible. This is the... This, this is just the ultimate battle between the light and the and darkness. That's for sure. That is for sure. It's incredible
3: to think that all of this is going to be brought together with two, the two parts that
2: we're going to put out. Oh yeah, it's it's really going to be great cuz Renee is going to go through the actual facts of the case, what happened with the investigators she's bringing on her show tomorrow night, and then we're going to bring in the psychic elements with George and also the Native American medicine aspect mm-hmm. with Michael Bastine and Renee will be here with us also to fill in the rest of the details about this case. It's going to be a blockbuster. So be sure to tune into both shows everybody. Now let's see. We've got numbers, PK. Yes, what are you saying
3: to us. Well, what's going to happen tomorrow is everybody. It's it's going to be about partnerships, relationships, and sensitivity. The month is all about family, family situations, our pets, things of that nature. But tomorrow we're going to be overly sensitive to everything ongoing. It the both the day and the month, the numbers of which. I deal with relationships, partnerships, and marriage, love, divorce, all of that good stuff. So if you're walking on the edge, stay away from your partner for the day. <laughs> Give yourself a break.
2: <laughs> go and out, if have really lunch
3: this summer. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to really try to make it work, go for the gusto because you're going to have every opportunity to, to make your
2: side of it known. Nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, partnerships, here we come. That's going to be all day tomorrow, huh? Oh, boy. Sure. Okay, I got to decide where I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could come and visit me, but it's a long way for coffee. It <laughs> is a long way for coffee, darn it. <laughs> And I also want to remind everybody to please go to com, Sign up for our newsletter, The Fringe Files, so that you can be alerted to all the exciting things that we are doing every single week. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and be a part of our community. This is the Supernatural Girls family that you are going to be a part of. If you so desire, we'd love to have you. This is where paranormal is normal. So tonight, as we mentioned, we have a, mm-hmm. an, just an incredible—we've got an A-lister, let's face it. We've got an A-lister guest tonight. Definitely, definitely, this, definitely that. Oops, I just dropped his beautiful book. Larry Holcomb is with us. He is the author of The Presidents and UFOs. Larry is an investigator, and he is an expert in this field, and we are going to hear— all the stuff that we need to hear, and some of the stuff we probably don't want to hear, but it's true. And Larry has dug deep for everybody, and here he is. Larry, welcome to the show.
0: Well, delighted to be here, uh, ladies. Uh, that's quite a build-up. Uh, <laughs> I uh, hope I can uh, uh, hold up to it. Oh, you will, and then some, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: yes. So, Larry, do tell us, please, in our audience, we all want to know, how did you get involved in this? What started off your journey on the UFO highway?
0: Well, to tell you that uh, is uh, going to uh, expose my, uh, my elder years. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, my, uh, my exposure to uh, flying saucers. As I like to refer to them, uh, was a junior in high school in 1960. So, as I said, I'm uh, I'm exposing my age, but that's all right.
3: You're a youngster.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I read Donald Kehoe, two of Donald Kehoe's books that I got in my high school library. Uh the one thing I, I loved to do in in high school was read. I love literature. That was about the only thing I liked to do, but uh uh in high school. But uh I uh, I truly loved literature and I was fascinated with aircraft and and the, the subject of flying saucers was, uh, had really uh, become very uh, well-known in those days, from the late 40s, uh, 50s, and into the 60s. And I was uh, captivated by, uh, by Kehoe's uh, passion um, in his writings that the Air Force was deeply involved in the flying saucer issue, which is what it was known as then, and um, that they were concealing evidence that they had. Uh, Kehoe uh, was a retired Marine Corps aviator, a major retired major Marine Corps aviator, uh, and had been doing freelance writing uh, for a number of publications, uh, one of which was True Magazine, which was at those in those days was primarily a men's magazine. Um, he was called to Washington or called to New York by the editor of True Magazine, Ken W. Purdy, and Purdy uh, told him that he wanted him to go in and investigate this uh, new uh, flying saucer issue that uh, was making headlines had been making headlines uh, around the world. And uh, Kehoe didn't want any parts of it, really. He he didn't like the idea, thought it was pure baloney, didn't want to get involved in it. But uh, uh, Purdy uh, convinced him that he had, knowing that he had high-level contacts in the Pentagon, uh, to go ahead and investigate it and write an article. And so Kehoe uh, reluctantly accepted the uh, what uh, Purdy requested and within a year he went from a skeptic to a true believer after uh, uh, interviewing numbers of Air Force pilots uh, people within the Pentagon who had investigated the subject uh, from the old project sign which was the first Air Force investigation of of, uh, flying saucers uh, which then evolved into Project Grudge, which was really nothing but a propaganda uh, uh, outfit, uh, propaganda.
2: Uh, uh, now, was that one of the ones that was kind of covering things up and finding like some excuses? Yeah, project, project
0: Sign. Project Sign came about because of uh, the or uh, Project Grudge came about because. Project Sign, the personnel in Project Sign, actually did in the late 1940s uh, did investigations into the uh, or the flying saucer phenomenon, as it was called yeah. then. And um, they ended up uh, after I think the thing that sort of pushed them over the cliff was the famous uh, child's whited uh, Eastern Airline event over southeastern United States over Alabama, I think it was, uh, uh, the date of which escapes me. But in, in any case, uh, that pushed them over the edge, and they wrote an estimate of the situation, uh, which ended up saying that uh, from their research that these objects that were being seen by pilots, uh, military pilots and civilian pilots and, and uh, airline pilots, uh, most. Likely were extraterrestrial in origin, mm-hmm. and uh, this uh, estimate of the situation was passed up like a hot potato through the chain of command in the Pentagon and ended up on General Hoyt Vandenberg's desk. <laughs>
2: he must and, have thrilled. And
0: Vandenberg <laughs> said, uh, in essence, "Hell no, we're not going to do this. We're going this is this is not this is not going public. I'll bat it back down and redo it. Take this this." Uh, um, uh, extraterrestrial uh, uh, information or or reference to extraterrestrials out of it. Uh, We don't have enough evidence, that's what it is, but we're not going public with this. So that really spelled the demise for Project SIGN, which was really the truly only investigative Office within the Air Force that did any real, true UFO investigations, except for the early years of Project Blue Book and uh, and Edward Ruppelt. But uh,
2: so you found this all very intriguing, as we all have too. Uh, it's it's just an intriguing situation, but then it gets frustrating because in your book, as and in other books, but your book especially, there's a mountain of evidence. A mountain, at least one, maybe ten mountains of evidence mm-hmm. that are pointing to the the truth that these things are real. They existed. They visited us for for many, many years. But something happened with Truman. Can you tell us exactly how this started? because as you went through as I went through the book and PK went through the book, we were amazed to see, there were some presidents in the know and some not, but with Truman, he kind of took it out of the government's hands, in the government as we know it, and he put it with another, another group. Can you tell us what happened there?
0: The the straw that broke the camel's back uh, was in 1952. With the Great Washington Merry-go-Round, as it's been called. And this is when uh, numbers of UFOs overflew Washington in res- the restricted airspace over the Capitol and the White House, for that matter, uh, on two weekend nights in July. Uh, the dates of which uh, were, I think, uh, July 19th and 20th and the 26th and 27th, um, two Saturday nights that went into Sunday mornings where these these craft showed up on radar. These These objects showed up on radar. Jets were scrambled on the first weekend night, and when they arrived, over Washington, the jets arrived over Washington, the objects took off. When the jets went back to their base, the objects returned. And this went on from almost 8 o'clock at night until dawn the next morning. Uh, The same thing happened on the next Saturday night into Sunday morning. The difference was jets were scrambled. And uh, at the request of Al Chop, who was uh, Air Force Public Relations, head of Air Force Public Relations at the time, he was in the control tower at Washington National Airport, and he requested jets to be scrambled the, that second night. When the jets arrived, uh, the objects didn't leave. They stayed there. And one jet uh, had a number of objects, five or six or seven, however many, started to converge on the jet and surround the jet and close in on it. The pilot really was panicking, and he radioed, what should I do? What do you want me to do? Meaning, should I fire on them? Right. Uh, At that instant, the objects took off. And they were, some of the recorded speeds was at 7,000 miles an hour. Obviously, oh we goodness. didn't have aircraft in <clears throat> those days that could fly 7,000 miles an hour. That prompted President Truman, that made headlines, big headlines, around the world. And that made Truman, who was pretty crusty, as people know, with his language and all, to mm-hmm. tell his uh, military aide, Air Force aide, uh, General Landry just to find out what the hell's going on. Get out there and find out. I want answers. From that, uh, that was a news conference held Um trying to get through this quickly. There was a news conference held, one of the the, the largest news conference the Air Force had held since the Second World War. And uh, General Sanford was in charge of the press conference, and he went through a lot of rigmarole and said a lot of nothing, but ended up by saying that The radar operators saw, and this was not only Washington National, but Andrews Air Force Base was seeing the same thing on their radars. And they were talking back and forth between Andrews Air Force Base and Washington National Tower. Um,
2: uh, uh, See, now, this is, I think, a perfect example of, you know, when people say, well, why don't they land on the White House lawn? Well, they kind of already did. And we have witnesses. Witnesses. We have radar reports from more than one place, and so it has already happened, and yet people still are in the dark. They're saying, well, we don't know if it's real. How could this not be real? In 1952, they, these, these flying saucers were going 7,000 miles an hour, and when, as you mentioned, the jets were scrambled, they played a game of cat and mouse, they'd disappear, they'd reappear. I mean, all of these things point to the reality of spaceships, UFOs, little green men, this, these ships were not from here.
0: Well, uh, uh, General Sanford said at the end of the conference that they were temperature inversions, <laughs> which was completely uh, <laughs> one of the people that came out and said it's absolute Stupidity was uh, Dr. James E. McDonald, who's one of my heroes in in UFO research. Uh, Dr. McDonald, was, uh, as you you all, I'm sure you all know, was a famed atmospheric yes. physicist at the University of Arizona, and uh, and studied the subject for some six years. Uh, I think it ended up uh, re- resulting in his death, but uh, neither here nor there. The, Um, uh, McDonald said it was ridiculous. The, The controllers in the tower were incensed that the Air Force put out a report that they who had the lives of civilians in their hundreds and thousands of civilians in their hands couldn't tell the difference between a temperature inversion and a hard target. Right uh, so but the pe- the press, as they have over and over and over again, bought the story, mm-hmm. case closed and then we get into the Robertson panel, which ended up was a result of this uh, event and ended up, Saying that uh, UFOs should be debunked to the public. This was all done in secret. That UFOs should be debunked to the public. That the uh, CIA, uh, the intelligence community, and the government should uh, debunk these reports. And civilian groups that are interested in them should be closely monitored. So you, you, you know, you've got you, you've got the beginnings of a real real cover-up that continues today and has exploded exponentially.
2: Well, Uh, yes, because, I mean, it's where it started with Truman and how he brought this more to a a level of high security and whatever alphabet agencies he decided to involve in this, I don't know, but he certainly did move this uh, many steps closer to the hands of those agencies and away from the presidents.
0: Well, let me, let me, I I skipped over something. Yeah, go ahead. The the Truman, and this is debated within with ufologists, but I believe it's a fact. Truman uh, established a group of people called Majestic 12, MJ-12, which was a a group of six high level, the, the top notch scientists And six uh, very highly esteemed military uh, uh, field officer, uh, general officers, and admirals, Um, and Majestic Twelve was the group that Truman set up to investigate uh, flying saucers or UFOs and report back to the president. That was their charge, that the, uh, as, as, as it said about Truman, the buck stops here. He wanted all information, all UFO, all flying saucer information to be controlled by the president. The president would have absolute control over this information. This moved forward into the Eisenhower administration. But, it is my belief, going back to, boy, we've got to skip around here a bit, but going back to Roswell, I think we have recovered extraterrestrial craft of some mm-hmm. fashion. I personally, Definitely, believe, like- I personally believe the craft were probes. I think they were expendable probes sent from, if you will, motherships. Uh, just like we send probes to the moon or to Mars or to Venus or wherever. Mm -hmm. I think these were probes, and these probes were expendable. I think they had some uh, type of living uh, being in them that was uh, probably part of the craft. These were engineered beings. These were living beings, but they were engineered beings. Uh, And... um, um, can I back that up with hard fact? No, but after doing a great deal of research and spending a lot of time in presidential libraries, I think, that, I think that's the most logical answer. And these beings and the probes that they were in or that they were part of were expendable. That's why they weren't come, they, the, 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 the people that were handling them, uh, that were controlling them didn't come and pick them up i mean perhaps they wanted us to have them perhaps it it, it was the beginning of of uh a long term of disclosure i don't know that's that's pure speculation but yes, uh, i th- i think i think these were expendable probes and interesting uh, and i think that's i i think we had this material and I think this material was turned over to the intelligence community and from there to the military-industrial complex for study. And I think a great deal of money was was uh, given uh, to the study of these these artifacts. And where you have a lot of money, you start amassing a lot of power. And I think that in the later years of the of the Eisenhower administration the power that truman envisioned the president having over this issue was wrenched away from the white house and the and the president and taken into the hands of the intelligence community and at the very highest highest levels the military-industrial complex, and I think that's where it's gone today. I think today presidents know really very little about the subject. I think that it's uh, controlled deep within the, the, the black operations of our government and the intelligence community, and there are very few people, uh, I call them the keepers of the secret, who make... Uh, The decision on what presidents know and what presidents don't know, depending on uh, how they view the particular person, how they view the person that's occupying the White House, and how much he or she will be briefed uh, on this subject. So that's, in a nutshell, I think, where we are.
2: Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. I think that's a really good assessment of what's happening and at the same time, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit disconcerting that so much of this is in the hands of people who are not accountable to us as citizens. And also, you must be talking about security clearances that go far above the president's head. I've heard there's like 35 security clearances that go above the president. Have you heard that?
0: Yeah, uh, top secret. Uh, top secret clearance is really uh, is really nothing. It's uh, uh, you've got uh, you've got sec- security clearances of all types that are above top secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we hear of top secret, ultra. We we hear of, of all sorts of levels, but they are all they are all there are many levels above top secret that involve. Various things, be they uh, experimental aircraft, such as uh, the stealth aircraft that was secret for 20 years. People say that the government can't keep secrets. That's baloney. Uh, You know, uh, (laughs) the the government may not be able to keep political secrets. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But they can very well keep secrets that are that involve national security and national defense, and that's two different things altogether. political secrets are are just that they they are uh politicians are blabber true and and um and bureaucrats uh deep within the government are very accustomed to keeping secrets, as are the very high-level officials of corporations that operate within the military-industrial complex.
2: You go. We've got to go to a, a commercial break, Larry. But again, everybody, you're listening to Supernatural Girls Radio with your host, that's me, Patricia Baker, and my co-host, PK, and our incredible guest tonight, Larry Holcomb, who is the author of Presidents and UFOs. Everybody stay tuned. We will be right back.
4: Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois.
5: You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? inception radio network listeners this is amanda never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic follow irn on twitter i underscore r underscore n and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week that's i underscore r underscore n and never miss a great show again
4: hi can you hear my voice imagine how many other people can hear it too If you have advertising needs, then look no further. The Inception Radio Network currently has openings for on-air advertisements and radio show sponsorships. Given any thought to your target demographic, Inception has you covered there, too. Advertising on a network gives you multiple opportunities to advertise on a wide variety of radio show broadcasts, and we have one to fit every advertising need. You know, in recent years, Internet Radio has exhibited a phenomenal listener growth. An Arbitron Edison survey shows that online radio boosts at least 33 million unique visitors each week and 54 million each month. And that number amazingly continues to grow. And these listeners are a part of many businesses' core demographics. And surveys have shown that Internet radio listeners are far more likely than regular radio listeners to spend money on a whole range of activities. You know, Internet listeners vote, they dine out, and eat fast food, and they grab a cup of coffee. And here's the interesting one. They buy items online at a much higher rate than all other market segments combined. Internet radio also enables businesses to connect with consumers during work hours, where increasingly more lifestyle decisions are being made. Advertise with the best. The Inception Radio Network offers competitive advertising rates to fit just about anyone's advertising budget. Stop by today at www.inceptionradionetwork.com or call us toll free at 1 888 919 2355. Get the word out, get results with the Inception Radio Network.
6: Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to Facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best.
5: Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace
1: and download it today for free. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, PK, and our guest tonight, the fascinating Larry Holcomb, who is the author of a terrific book. If you don't have it, you got to get a copy. You'll be like we were. We couldn't put it down. The Presidents and UFOs, A Secret History from FDR to Obama and Larry you got some big news that we want to have you share with our audience tonight about your book it was just optioned for a movie
0: Well <laughs> yeah I, uh, I appreciate you asking yes uh, I just got final word uh, from my agent Uh, this afternoon that the deal is done and signed and sealed, and uh, they're sending me the documents to sign. Uh, Sony Pictures has optioned my book. Um,
2: Congratulations. That is so exciting. And so many people are going to want to see this movie. Because, again, we're all hungry for the real facts. We want to know what's going on. And you've put them all together beautifully in your book. So now people will get to watch it as well. Congratulations. That's Thank you.
0: Thank you. We're, we're pretty excited about uh, excited about it. I don't know now what Sony's going to do with it. They have the option. And I understand that uh, I have uh, from my agent that uh, they are already... Uh, their option started actually about uh, six weeks ago uh, and that they are looking for screenwriters. So whether it's going to be an actual film made, whether it will be a, a miniseries for television, uh, such as a miniseries on HBO, um, I don't know. Uh, there's There are all sorts of... Uh, um,
2: Yeah, there's all kinds of broadcast outlets today for something like this. But I'll tell you what, wherever they decide to put this, it's going to be watched by millions. That's for sure.
3: It's so intriguing. It's just incredible to think all of this is taking place while we're alive. Yes.
0: Well, I I tried to, um, in writing the book, I wanted to appeal or I wanted to direct the book to uh, you all have read the book, and you know that I I, I call folks the casual observer, and that is uh, the person that that has an interest in the subject. And I think that there's a a, a huge amount of, of of folks around the world that have an interest in the subject, but really know very little about it. They they only know the uh, some of the silly stuff that you see on television, some of the ridiculous things that uh you see some of these documentaries that come out that come out and and uh, that just drive me crazy because they are they are inaccurate their facts are not accurate and they are making a, an assumptions that they shouldn't be making but i wanted so i wanted a book that would sort of be a textbook 101 if you would or modern-day ufology uh, from the 1940s, from the Roosevelt era forward, and what really went on behind the scenes, what really went on within the Air Force, and how much discord there was, for instance, uh, as you all read in the book, within the Air Force in the 1940s and the 1950s, and, and, and how many blows the Air Force took over and over again when they would come out and and make statements of fact that turned out to be blatant lies. And let let me make it clear here to all the listeners that I have the greatest respect in the world for the military. I really do. And the Air Force. I think the Air Force is a marvelous branch of service. And all of the, the people in the service, Harvey, Navy, Marines, uh, Coast Guard, they they all do a fantastic job, and 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 so many have given their lives uh, for our country. But I think in the Air Force and the government's handling of the UFO issue, their handling of it has been idiotic and despicable. Um, yeah, we and-
2: agree with you because it's it makes. They point fingers at, at people who are highly trained, at people who work on radar, as you mentioned, every day, and they, they make them look or sound stupid, like they don't know what they're talking about. Nothing could be further from the truth. They are disparaging to abductees also. They go on a big campaign against these people who have suffered through abductions, and all of this is. i agree— we agree. This is despicable. This is not fair treatment of the American public.
0: I don't know. Uh, abduction is, is not my strong suit. My, my, uh, my background really in, involves the study of flying saucers and UFOs, um, and not even so much of who occupies them. But just the the craft themselves and what they do, and because you you have to specialize in an area. You, you we're talking about when you talk about UFOs, you're talking about uh, a subject that is that has so many roots and branches running from it uh, that you could we could spend hours discussing uh, why the the uh, media. Doesn't cover it properly. Uh, why? Who the the debunkers are, and why they debunk it, and 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 so on and so forth. It it goes on forever and ever. So you have to focus on one thing. But abductions uh, is a very important part of it, and I think the abductees have been treated in many cases terribly. Um, I am good friends with Kathleen Martin, who. Uh, is head of Mufon's um, abduction uh, division, if you will. I think I don't. I'm sure that's not. Kathy's exact title, but uh, that's that's that she's that's what what she's in charge of. She was actually
2: she was on our show, Larry. She was delightful Mm -hmm. and very. Uh, Oh,
0: is that right? (laughs) Yes. I was just with Kathy and Stan Friedman at uh, Roswell a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and uh, Kathy, if you you know the book, uh, helped me out greatly in the abduction chapter because I don't know abductions. But I thought that they were so important, the, the topic was so important, that it needed to be covered in my book. And I asked Kathy to include, if she would help me with it, which she did. She sent me a paper that she had uh, had written previously. Um, she could not get into it actively then because she uh, uh, was just, uh, her new book um, with Denise Stoner had just been released and she was touring around the country promoting that book but she did a great deal for me and I'm indebted to to Kathy and she is uh, she's a fine person and a delightful person and uh,
2: Yeah, and she uh, explains it very well in that chapter in your book. It's, it's a very well-written chapter on abduction. And it just goes through a lot of different things about it. But certainly this is part and parcel, as you mentioned, of a huge, huge area. And it's, again, I just want to urge everybody to buy your book. Again, it's The Presidents and UFOs, A Secret History from FDR to Obama, because it is very clear. You have written a book that is so clear and so easy to read and understand how things progressed the way they did. And again, this is based on as much information as you could garner in this whole, this whole just long history of secrecy. You did a great job, but there's still a lot of secrets. Now, one of the things I want to ask you, Larry, is, you know, why? Why do they feel they have to keep it secret from the American public? What's your opinion on that?
0: Technology. In one word, uh, technology. There's the you know, everybody's got a theory about it that uh, the the world economy would collapse, uh, religion would collapse. Um I don't buy into that. Uh, you know, we've what, what Truman did after the Second World War, as I say in the book, was I think perfectly reasonable. We were a country, or uh, we were a world that was torn apart by a great world war. Um, uh, we had uh, what was it? Fifty million people died. Uh, Sixteen hundred cities were destroyed. Um, uh, the 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 fabric of the population of the world, not only our country but the world, was very was very fragile. And to come out and say that uh, they are mystery craft that fly in and out of our airspace and our atmosphere at will, and we can't do anything about them, uh, that would be that would be a very smart thing to do. So I think what Truman did in concealing it then was proper. I think that as time went on. And we got into the atomic age, and people lived under the fear of of uh, mass destruction or mutually assured destruction, uh, which was called mad. Um, uh, and it, we saw the advances in space and 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 people landing on the moon. We became a, a more sophisticated people. So today, I think that that people, if the news came out and said, uh, well, yeah, it's been proven that we have been visited by extraterrestrial visitors, people would say, gee, that's really something. Then they'd go about
2: mm-hmm.
0: their lives. Yeah, as, their
2: business, sure. Right, you know.
0: And I, 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 I think that we've become that sophisticated. So to go back to your your original question, why? Because we have gotten... Artifacts that lead to uh, advances, great advances in technology, and we don't want to share that with anybody, friend or foe. Other countries have also, I think, gotten this technology. I think that I think the Russians have gotten it. The English have gotten it. Uh, probably South American countries, China. They've had uh, crashes, uh, uh, reported crashes. I think that they all have it, and I think that's why it's, it's, it's has been concealed for so long. Although I see some of these countries starting to open up, like France with that Cometa report, uh, becoming more open. But yet they see the United States standing alone like this stupid ostrich with its head stuck in the sand. <laughs> but we well, just denying we just do that. denying everything. Yeah,
2: and, and you know, here's my question to to you about that. Then this is where the abductees come into play. Do you think do you believe from the research you've done that it's pointing in the direction that a deal was made for extraterrestrials to take human subjects at will, and return them as they saw fit. I mean, was there a deal made like that, do you think?
0: Um, uh, Let me say that that's in my dubious file. Um, I've done a lot of research into uh, President uh, Eisenhower's supposed uh, meeting with extraterrestrials uh, in 1954 uh, at, uh, uh, Mur- the old Murrock Air Force Base, which is now Edwards Air Force Base, while vacationing in Palm Springs. Uh, I don't buy into that story, uh, f- for a couple of reasons. First of all, it said that he was out of the public view for eight hours, or, for, or from eight o'clock that night until he went to church at nine o'clock the next morning. He had played golf that day with Ben Hogan and had lunch, um... I think at the Burning Tree, I uh, uh, no, forget what, the not the Burning Tree Club. But Anyway, it doesn't make any difference. He'd had a lunch in Palm Springs with uh, the golfers, and it's very hard for me to believe. Oh, first of all, they said he was out of sight of the public, and it, it had chipped a tooth eating fried chicken and had to have emergency dental work done late that night. Well, it's, I don't find anything particularly unusual about the President of the United States being out of the public view from 8 o'clock one night until 9 o'clock the next morning when he went to church. I mean, my God, they don't have television cameras in the President's bedroom to watch him all night long. So that that instance is a, is a pill. And the fact that he played golf with some famous golfers and then flew to murach and had a meeting with extraterrestrials and then came back and went to church the next morning and then had a big reception that evening uh i i just don't buy that story however in 1955 he was on a quail hunting trip went on a quail hunting trip to georgia and um in february in february of 1955 i think it was and his press secretary, Haggerty, said he came down with James Haggerty, said he came down with his sniffles. And um, so he'd be just uh, having hot toddies with Mamie and her mother and playing Scrabble <laughs> and what have you. And, and so he was under the public view for, tw- uh, for 48 hours. Well, it's perfectly reasonable to think that he could have gotten on Columbine 3, uh, his plane, and flown to um, uh uh, boy, I bet my old mind is uh, yeah. <laughs> escaped me. Uh, uh, but so the Air Force Base in New they, Mexico. They uh, anyway, Holloman Air Force that Base. that Deal
2: was made. So you don't think that there was a deal made to allow uh, elites well, to take people?
0: Let me let me say this. I think that he did go to Holloman Air Force Base secretly. Okay. And uh, there are reports that there were flying discs. S very, uh, uh, I think, substantial reports, very, very good reports that there were one or two or more flying disks that showed up at Holloman Air Force Base. And I think Eisenhower was there and some very strange things happened. His plane landed on the runway and turned around and stopped on the runway, which in essence closed the runway uh, while he was there. He didn't taxi to the tarmac. Um, and there were reports that there were flying discs there. Now, there are people that say that he got out of his plane and walked across the runway and got into this UFO and had a meeting. Um, Ladies, that stretches my belief a bit, that the Secret Service would let the President of the United States walk out of an airplane and get into a flying saucer from wherever that could whisk him off to goodness knows where that that stretches the Doesn't story a bit for me, however, I think that he may have met with extraterrestrials or he may have been there to view craft that were developed that were extraterrestrial craft that were flown by our own test pilots, or had been back engine craft that had been back-engineered and built. Um, so did he make a treaty? I don't know. I mean, how do you make a treaty with extraterrestrials? I mean, who, who, how can, who, who can enforce it?
2: Uh, Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's what we've heard from, from some of our other guests, exactly that, that it was, if there was a treaty, it was unenforceable. And the agreement to take people and wipe their memories of the event or whatever, it just wasn't happening the way they said it was happening or was going to happen. And it created a lot of issues that the military or the alphabet agencies felt they had to clean up. So, you see, here's... Here's what, the way I think about this. The technology part of this, I understand what you're saying. And certainly, I think most people could understand that, that we want this technology for ourselves. We don't want to share it with anybody. So certainly can understand secrecy. However, if there was some agreement made that in return, you get to take people and do whatever you want to them, I think, and this is just my opinion, but... I think that people would be pretty upset about that. They would feel that their government turned on them, that the government didn't protect them. All of those things I could see leading to a massive uh, uprising. That I could see.
0: And 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 the reason that the government wants to continue to contain the uh, uh, to continue to cover this story up with such. A uh, 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 deep secrecy, because if it was revealed, it would be so detrimental to the government. And I, I agree with you that 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 the reason that we are we continue the United States continues, as I said, to bury its hand like the head like the stupid ostrich, is because to reveal what they really know and what is really known deep within the recesses of of our government would be so damning to the government uh so hurtful for what they've done in the past that they can't they just they 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 can't let the truth out um I, I think that's a very real possibility, and and uh, there's no question in my mind that that many many laws have been broken in in this this subject, um, possibly murders created, uh, yes, murders yes. Has, has has happened, and although a lot of people that are involved in those events in past history. Have long since gone. It would still reflect terribly negatively on our government, um, which has a lot of things reflecting negatively on it today. <laughs> uh, you know. Oh yes. <laughs> so is, um, sure. I, I just I, I think that um, I, I I think the disclosure um, uh, uh, Stephen Bassett, who I respect highly. Uh, is uh, believes disclosure is imminent. Um, I, I think uh, Steve is a is a very smart fellow, uh, but I don't agree with him. I, I don't think the disclosure is imminent because I think it would be too, uh, which as I say, too hurtful mm-hmm. to the government. Um, uh, and, yeah, there and, and, would be
2: no benefit to them to reveal any of this. What's the benefit to them? I mean, certainly be a benefit to all of us, but we're not even considered.
0: Well, so, that's, that's, you, that's exactly right, and that's a point I bring up in, in many of my interviews that, that people ask, you know, do you, what do you think of a disclosure I, of a presidential, uh, presidential disclosure? If the presidents know anything, what would be the benefit in them telling Right. It would be the, the the benefit is is practically nil and 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 the negatives would be extremely high. That's So true. so why even come close to it stay away from it don't tell me about it you know
2: yeah, I think that's, that's accurate. Again, the benefit would be to us and as uh, citizens to know the truth. It would not be to the government to divulge any of that. So, unfortunately, we're in an us-or-them situation with this issue and others. And it's it's very unfortunate, I think, because any place where there's secrecy, where these things are being hidden, it's really not for our benefit. Let's face it. It's not for our benefit.
0: No. No. No, it's not. Um... Uh, they may, they may be people that say that it is, but, but uh, no, I don't think it is.
2: No, it really isn't. Now I've got a lot of questions that are backing up here in the chat room, but I'm, I'm just enjoying talking to you so much, Larry. I haven't given them a chance. So, <laughs> here's one quick question, if we can answer before the break. Uh, somebody has written in Neutron is the name and. Neutron says, was the UFO phenomenon responsible for the contention and ongoing power struggles between the Navy, Army, and later the Air Force?
0: Uh, in some respects, yes, it was, especially in the early years, um, in the in the 40s and 50s. Uh, there was a great deal of, of discord, uh, not only within the Air Force, but within the Navy. The Navy got very, uh, very upset with the Air Force. Um over a couple of events, which we won't, I won't go into. But the Navy finally said, nuts, we'll, we'll, we'll take this up. We have an Office of Naval Intelligence. We'll, we'll take this subject on ourselves. And I think they did. And I think the Navy today probably knows as much or more about the whole UFO story uh, than the Air Force does. I think the Navy is deeply involved in it, uh, and this goes into the story of undersea UFOs and and and. Uh, but I did not know. I think that there's been a great deal of discord uh, within the services, primarily uh, between the the Air Force and the Navy.
2: Interesting. Well, and I've got a piece to share with you that I also learned about the Navy's involvement from Dr. Andrea Puharich. Because he said the same thing you did, that the involvement from the Navy's perspective was greater than any of the other agencies. So we're going to talk about that, but uh, right now we've got to take a short break. Everybody, what an exciting show. If you'd like to ask your question in the chat room, feel free to do that. Otherwise, you can call in at 888 919 2355. We'd love to hear from you. We are speaking with Larry Holcomb, who is the author of The Presidents and UFO. Stay tuned, everybody. You're listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We will be right back.
4: You're listening to IRN. The Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois.
5: inception radio network listeners this is amanda just a reminder that inception radio network is on twitter follow us at i underscore r underscore n and keep up to date about who's on tonight what interviews they'll be doing who's guest spotting what topics they'll be covering tweet to us tweet about us retweet topics to your friends and most importantly never miss a great show again that's i underscore r underscore n
1: Have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ.
5: Hello, Inception Radio Network. Would you like your favorite show to be played again live on air? Well, now the choice is in your hands with IRN's live request portal, an easy way to request your favorite show with a simple click. IRN's live request portal now gives you exclusive access to all the shows. How easy is it? Simply type a show name or a guest name, click request, even write a dedication message, and that's it. Try it now. Simply visit inceptionradionetwork.com. Click on the live request tab under the show menu. Now playing your favorite show is just a mouse click away.
6: Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with Cosmic Fusion and Quantum Vortex Energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With Cosmic Fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com
2: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, PK, and our very exciting guest, Larry Holcomb, who is the author of a terrific book. It is called The Presidents and UFOs, and it was just optioned by Sony Pictures. You will be seeing it on the big screen or maybe even on HBO. We're not sure yet but it's going to be out there somewhere. You're going to get to watch it. It This book is great. you got to get the book. It's an amazing read, great facts, great information. And, Larry, I wanted to ask you also some questions about these great stories that you've reported on, like Nixon and Jackie Gleason. Can you tell us about that?
0: Well, the... Uh, <laughs> The Nixon-Gleason story has been around for a long time. Um, I put it in the book because uh, it's there. It exists. Uh, Is it true? Uh, We have Gleason's ex-wife, Beverly McKittrick Gleason, I think it was, that was writing an article uh, after she and and Gleason uh, separated or divorced. And as the story goes, they were still good friends. Um, But she was going to write a a book about her life with Gleason, and in the book she wrote that uh, uh, Gleason, who uh, without question had a, a great interest in UFOs, or flying saucers, and the paranormal. As a matter of fact, when he died, he donated, or he did donate, but his wife donated some 1,600 volumes of, of books that he had to the University of Miami Library. Um, and um, I have photographs of Gleason's house in, I think it's Peekskill, New York, uh, before he moved to Miami, uh, that was built in the shape of a flying saucer. Oh, my and, goodness. And, and outbuildings that he called scout ships that were built, uh, that looked like flying saucers. Um, he had the architect design them this way because he was he was so fascinated by the subject. Um, and I've got pic- uh, pictures that uh, someone that read my book had snuck onto the property after Gleason didn't own it any longer and had taken pictures of the, the, the houses and the old buildings. I, I, if I'd had them at the time, they would have been in my book. But anyway, yeah. Gleason, Gleason um, uh, was very good friends with Richard Nixon. Uh, Nixon, uh, to make this very sh- as short as I can, Nixon, um, people look on today as a villain uh, because of Watergate and what have you. But it, Nixon, in his first term is extremely popular and if people remember, he was elected by re-elected by almost a historic majority of the popular vote and The reason being was he had done some dramatic things in foreign affairs he, he had opened up relations with China, uh which had been a closed country he had established a taunt with the Russians. Um, other foreign affairs uh, achievements uh, that probably or arguably made the world a safer place for a while and if uh, uh, Nixon could have added some level of disclosure to his resume as president he would have been a historic president uh, as it was Watergate reared his ugly head and um, uh, Nixon's idea, and in sort of the heart of the book, was the documentary that was made by Robert Emenager, uh that Nixon was going to use uh, for disclosure um, that – I think that that's all logical and reasonable because he was such close friends with Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason was a strong believer in an extraterrestrial presence and it terribly irritated that the government continued to conceal what it knew about it. And so it's, it's, it's beyond the pale to believe that this man, Gleason, this entertainer, Close friends with the president of the United States would have not have bent Nixon's ear to uh, disclose or uh, some level of disclosure or, of of UFOs or an extraterrestrial presence. presence. Yeah, well, that
2: makes sense. It really does. I had no idea until I read your book that Jackie Gleason was so interested in the paranormal. He probably would have liked our show, but anyway, I'm sure he would have. Yeah. <laughs> A loyal listener. Maybe on the other side he's listening tonight, but it's just one of those strange stories that really caught my attention that he, Jackie Gleason, may have, we're not sure, as you mentioned in your book, you're not sure if it's true or not, but he may have gotten to see some of the alien bodies that were being kept at Homestead Air Force Base.
0: Nixon is the one president that could have done this. I I, I believe that because Nixon was vice president under Eisenhower for 8 years and Eisenhower was deeply involved in this subject so it's it's reasonable to think that Nixon was brought into it at some level right so uh and he had a great interest in it so the pieces seem to fit uh whether he whether Nixon slipped away from the secret service uh, got in the car and drove over and picked Leeson up and took him to Homestead Air Force Base to show him alien artifacts, um, we can only go by what his ex-wife says. Uh, but it's, a, it's an interesting story. And, and, and there are enough dots that are connectable in this story to make it really quite interesting.
2: Yeah, I found that to be fascinating. And then his ex-wife also said that it affected Jackie Gleason so profoundly that he started to drink a lot more and he was very upset that he couldn't eat. And he was very upset that people did not know about this, that there wasn't disclosure. It really bothered him.
0: It's hard to believe that Gleason could drink more than he did. No <laughs> But I say that I shouldn't have said that because I I, I personally, I like Gleason a lot. He was a great entertainer. Oh, definitely. But, yeah, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah he uh, did have a reputation for uh, 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 dipping he his beak quite him. a bit.
2: Yes, he did. Well, now, the other story that caught my attention, there's so many in your book. and They're all really intriguing. But the one about Carter, because as you bring out in the book, there are some presidents that have been given more information than others. Now, Carter was briefed by someone called, I believe you called him the guardian.
0: No, that was that was Carter was briefed by George H. W. Bush, okay. who, was, was, who, who, who Bush. was who was who was head of, of Central Intelligence at that time. Uh, and there are a lot of stories about you know people say that uh, that uh, George H W Bush went in and said Mr President uh, you don't have the need to know for this information i don't know if those stories are true or not i don't know why as i say in the book that he would have done that the the person you're referring to the keep the uh oh i can't what was his name uh
2: That's really cool
0: <laughs> but uh uh that he briefed uh, the story is that he, he briefed Reagan he oh, briefed okay. uh, uh that was that was uh, uh uh the caretaker i think his name was oh, that okay. he was that called was close i called and he, yeah <laughs> and he he briefed reagan um again that story is in my dubious file however i have listened to it and i've read transcripts of it and the thing that I find fascinating about it is that it's very reagan in in Reagan's replies. It sounds like Reagan. Um, and, and, you know, all of these uh, documents that I talk about that are not official documents that have been released through FOIA, but documents that are uh, documents that have been leaked. You have to read the documents, and 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 most of them are photocopies, so they they're not on r- original paper. They're not on they don't have original inks that can you can do forensic testing on and what have you. So you have to read the documents and 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 see if the prose matches the, the, the prose that would be written in in that particular time frame, yeah, for that's instance. That's quite
2: a detective the, when you go through all of this stuff. You've got to put all the pieces together, I know. it's. Again, that's why I'm so impressed by the amount of work you've done to create this book for all of us to read, but I want to go back to Carter for a second, because in the book, it's reported, and I've also heard this story elsewhere, that after he was briefed, he went into his office, put his hands in his, his hand excuse me, his head in his hands, and started sobbing. Now, what in the world was he told? We can only, I guess, imagine. What in the world would would strike him so deeply that he would just start crying?
0: Well, uh, that opens up a lot of questions, um. Uh... First of all, did it actually happen we 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 don't know for sure that it happened, but if it did happen, then it goes back to some people's theory that uh, that the reason we are not being told the truth is that the truth is too terrible for the people to know. I don't personally buy that, but I don't discount it either, you know. You can't. You've got to have an open mind in 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 the discussions of UFOs and ufology. You have to have an open mind, but you also have to have a skeptical mind. And and um, so, if that story is true, uh, what could be so terrible? Perhaps. There is some very sinister uh, background to this UFO story, but the facts don't seem to indicate that, uh, because I think that that we have been visited for hundreds of thousands of years, perhaps, pre-biblical times.
2: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: And, 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 If they wanted to do us harm, they could have done it a long time ago. Now, maybe there are some out there that are not so benevolent, but maybe we do have, maybe we are the ancestors. Our ancestors are a race of extraterrestrials that are very benevolent and that look after us and protect us. That's another, you know, that's... Yeah, that's that's, a possibility. That's highly speculative. But
2: but I think we have to go down that road, because we don't really have the truth from, from these people directly. But I'm thinking, could Carter have done this? He seems like he would be the type that would... something affected him emotionally. He would do something like... he would let it out. He would have... An emotional outburst of just sobbing about it. Now, what I, could?
0: I, I think know? it fits. Yeah, I think it fits the the, the Carter uh, mold. Uh, yeah. Carter Sousa. Carter was, you know, he was he was very religious, Sunday school teacher, and what have you. And I could see that that this could affect him greatly if 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 that was true. Uh, that he would be he he would certainly be. Uh, a president that would fit into that, into that picture where some others wouldn't.
2: Yes, exactly. Now, what I was thinking about today was what would make him do that? And this is what came to my mind. What if he was told something along these lines that the truth about the human race is this we are a genetic experiment of alien birth? I mean, it's, we are their experiment. I think about the impact it would have on religions. Think about the impact that would have on so many faith-based situations. And certainly, as you mentioned, Carter was very religious. So it, to me, this is something, that piece of information, it's not sinister, but the implications would be much greater if that was the case.
0: Absolutely. I mean, as I said, you've got to have an open mind to be able to accept all possibilities, uh, and and that's that's quite that's quite possible. Uh, I would. You know, you've you've raised my interest on on Carter and in that one event, and I want to do more research on that. Uh, oh, goody! I want to I want I want to <laughs> look into that in more depth because um, that uh, you've raised you've raised uh, you've raised a real uh, uh, question mark in my mind, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, good. Well, I'm I, 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 I I'm glad you
2: are— that. As interested as I am in that, because that was my question. What would precipitate that type of of experience for Carter to go into his his office and do that? So, yeah, there is something that we need to know. And certainly that theory, that hypothesis would go along with why they take people, why they abduct people, why they do all of these cattle mutilations, those types of things. It would kind of fit into that another piece in that puzzle.
0: You know, you have to—you you, you go back and look at the presidents that had a great interest in in UFOs, modern presidents, and you go back to Jerry Ford when he was uh, a congressman uh, from Michigan, and they had a great UFO flap in Michigan, and he wrote a number of letters, uh, one I have a copy of uh, to Mendel Rivers, to have congressional investigations into this UFO phenomenon because of what occurred in his his conti- uh, constituents were hammering him to find out what was going on you had Jimmy Jimmy Carter that had his own sighting and said when he got into office he would he would release all UFO information uh, you had Ronald Reagan that had sightings um, uh, Bill Clinton said that, uh, when he got into office, he was going to investigate uh, the UFO issue. You take all these presidents, and once they got into office, you really heard nothing.
2: That's right.
0: You heard nothing. nothing. And exactly. and you have to wonder, what shut them down? Right. Why did they not talk? Now, Reagan, it's reported that Reagan, that his advisors or handlers, if you will, yeah. had to put a had, had to keep a, a, a close watch on Reagan to keep him from saying too much because he, he had uh, – I think Reagan was really interested in it, and he brought the, he brought the subject up. And I think he probably – I think Reagan probably knew a lot more than, uh, uh, than other presidents of, of in that era, um, and he wanted to, to let it out um uh, and they his people kind of had to keep the lid on him a bit um uh, but uh, uh it is interesting that all these presidents that said that that had such great interest in it before they got into office once they got into office they basically became a clam
2: that's right they just—they acted like they had no more interest in it. So yes, yeah, something had to be shared with them that made them change their opinion about disclosure. Something happened. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I, you yeah. know who—who who knows uh, how you how uh, an, uh, uh, someone from the CIA sat down and said, in essence, Mr. President, uh, here's some basic facts. Keep your mouth shut, in a nice way.
2: Right. Right, and then again, there's some question, as you mentioned in your book, and you go through some possibilities. Was Kennedy assassinated? Because he was digging into this, and he wasn't backing off.
0: Uh, the Kennedy chapter was the hardest chapter I had to write, and I state that in the book because uh, it, I, it I was drawn into um, the conspiracy theory of of Kennedy's assassination. And um I don't really care who pulled the trigger. I don't care whether it was Lee Harvey or Oswell or whether there was a half a dozen people out there that pulled the trigger at the same time. That's not my interest. My interest is what was behind it. What was right. the 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 conspiracy and 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 was Kennedy's association with certain people, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Menzel, um, uh, Art Lundahl, a great photo interpretation specialist uh, that was involved in the Cuban Missile Crisis, who, along with Kelly Johnson, were convinced that UFOs were extraterrestrial and was an advisor to Kennedy. Um, uh, James Jesus Angleton, the very shadowy uh, deputy director of the CIA, head of Encounter Intelligence. All of these people fit into the into the picture. Uh, and uh, Donald Menzel, uh, who was a uh, wrote books debunking UFOs, but was said to be a member of the original Majestic Twelve group, was an advisor to Kennedy. I've got a letter that I got out of uh, the uh, Kennedy Library uh, from Donald Menzel um, that addressed the president as Jack, dear Jack. You don't address a sitting president by his first name unless right. you're pretty close to him. Yeah. So that's all in the book. And I just say, here's the, here's the information. Here's the information on the burn Memo. As you've all read in the book, right? Uh, the final the final tab page of the burn memo, which goes into the operation Must become wet, which is a code word for assassinations. Uh, these are the facts as they exist. Are they true? Can you connect the dots? It's up to you, the reader, to look into this and see if you think these dots are, uh, dots are connectable.
2: Exactly. And again, you, you present a very compelling case. I don't think anybody could read your book and walk away from it thinking that UFOs do not exist. They obviously do. And I've known this for years. I know, P.K., you've known this for years. And it's just that your book is so well done. And you also bring up the Obama administration. And again, it's all, they're all full of hot air. Everybody talks a good game till they become president. And then... They're, they're, they act disinterested.
0: Well, uh, Patricia, I, when I wrote the book, you know, and that's current affairs and things change. When I wrote the book, I really didn't think Obama knew hardly anything of the yeah. UFO issue. Yes. Uh, however, after he's been on Jimmy Kimmel and he's made the statements that he made on Jimmy Kimmel, uh, I'm starting to reassess that opinion and say that maybe he was briefed more than I thought he was briefed. And when he made the statement, in kind of laughing, but it was a nervous laugh, that uh, they don't let us talk about that. Uh huh. Maybe maybe he's telling the truth. You know. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they are briefed, uh, I, and I believe they are to a certain level, but they are told that. Uh, uh, you know, presidents under security clearance, just like everybody else that's in, in government, they have a security clearance that they're bound to keep their mouth shut about things. And uh, so uh, uh, I, I think that, uh, uh, that Obama may know more than I thought he knew when I wrote the book.
4: Mm
2: hmm. It's quite possible. But it sounds like from everybody he wrote about, Nixon knew the most, would you say?
0: Uh, I would say that Nixon in the modern era, but I think that that probably Truman and Eisenhower uh, were were deeply involved in it, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that Nixon as an offshoot of that, being vice president under Eisenhower for eight years, I think, uh, it comes into that, that fold too. So uh Lyndon Johnson uh is that's a little squirrely. Um but I think that he, that he was in the mix also. But I think after Nixon it got um they really what presidents knew was really uh, uh closely monitored, and, and and their knowledge was, was stripped uh, or cut back greatly.
2: Yes, it does seem that way. It sounds like they were much more restricted after Nixon, and so things were not given as freely as they had been in the past to the presidents. So you talk a little bit, too, in your book, Larry, about what we can do to try to get disclosure to happen. I don't know if we're going to be powerful enough as a group to do that. But certainly, as you say in your book, it is important to make your voice heard and send your letters to your representatives and things like that, and make a stink about it that Why are we being kept in the dark so that is something we can do, yes
0: you can talk about it, yes, you should there are so many people that have sightings that are legitimate people that 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 are you know everyday folks, but they 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 have legitimate sightings, and they should report them. Uh, I, I write about a young lady that was uh, had a, 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 I think, an astounding sighting, and I believe her completely. in in uh, In California, in Central California, and she had not told anyone about her sighting until my book came out, and my my agent put me in contact with her, and we talked about possibilities for my book. But uh, I found out that she had had a sighting uh, that was uh, remarkable, and I put it in the book, but she never reported it. Yeah. And the reason, the reason she didn't report it was she thought it would hurt her career. She had a very high-profile job in Hollywood.
2: That's the thing. That's what people face, unfortunately. And that's not the way it should be. But Larry, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This hour and a half went in the blink of an eye. We're going to have to have you back. There's still a whole bunch of other things we haven't talked about with you. But good luck with your movie. and, And oh my goodness, thank you so much for writing this great book, everybody. It's The President's and ufos be sure to tune in tomorrow night to listen to renee barnett's show on night vision the oklahoma girl scout murders and thanks everybody for listening thank you again larry and we will see you all next week for part two of the girl scout murders in the meantime we'll see you on the blue highway good night